You are listening to Anna Letitia Cook at Women Up Radio. Good evening. This is Women Up Radio and a big welcome to Beth Bandler, who's joining us again after four years. I think you said it was, Beth? Yes. So Beth is an independent director of Magellan Aerospace Corporation in Canada on the Government's Committee and the Human Resources and Compensation Committee, and also Chair of the Environmental and Health and Safety Committee, which sounds really responsible and very, very interesting. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to the show, Beth. I'm so pleased you're back with us. Thank you, Anna. It's, it's a real pleasure to be here today. Lovely. So we're going to talk about women on boards and the route to the top because you have so much experience in that field. And I know there are a lot of women who want to try and get there, but they're not quite sure how. So last time you were on the show, we spoke about women succeeding in very male sectors and why empowering women is so important. And obviously part of this success can be getting a seat on the board. Um, and Although that's not exactly the same as mining as a male sector, still, and I know you were mining and aerospace before, right. yes. um, boardrooms still tend to be male dominated. So why do you think this is? Why is it men, 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 and not so many of us? Well, I think for two reasons. One, men are more comfortable with men. Yep. They've played sports, they've been on teams, they understand the body language of each other very well. Yeah. And the second reason is, well, we don't know any qualified women. Yep. Now, you and I know that's not true. There yep. are oodles of qualified women. And when men are introduced to qualified women, they realize they're wrong. Yeah. But it's still hard to convince them that they can work together. Yeah. Now that is changing. The laws in many jurisdictions are requiring women and diversified candidates to be on boards yeah. in, and to disclose why they have them or why they don't have them. And the younger men who have worked with qualified women know that there are qualified women out there. So it's, it's changing, but it's taking time. Yes. Yeah. So, and have you seen much change over the last 10 years, for example, or 15 years? Are you seeing a, a gentle progression? Um, in Canada, we are for sure. Yeah. Because um, there is now disclosure required by public companies. Yeah. on the number of women on the board plus the number of women executives ah. well, that's in canada they have to yeah. disclose that yeah. so there is a uh, a push towards disclosure and institutional shareholders are holding corporate boards accountable if they're not going in the right direction that's and of good. course some of the big companies are well ahead of the smaller companies when it comes to 
female and other diverse representation. For instance, the banks in Canada, the big public banks, they are doing a fabulous job of being at the forefront in terms of diversity and inclusion. So there are, there are people, there are organizations that set the role model. Yeah, that's great. And do they have targets or quotas in Canada? Neither. Oh, really? At the moment. Yeah. At the moment yeah. There's, there's no requirement yeah. by, by statute anywhere to have uh, any number of women on, yeah. on boards. There are policies. Yes. Shareholders are and, and, and the regulatory bodies are encouraging policies. Yeah. And they encourage it sort of in a backhand way. If you don't have a policy, why not? Oh, right. Yeah. So, so companies uh, are disclosing their policies. They're disclosing how well they're doing in meeting their own targets. Yeah. Um, so there is, and there is a movement towards um, changing government, uh, well, changing the law and the regulations to, to have you know, set targets, but yeah. we're not there yet. Yeah. Unlike I, other jurisdictions. Yes. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I constantly have a a fight with other people and with myself about whether quotas are better than targets or targets are better than quotas. Because if you force a quota on somebody, you've always got the risk that they'll choose anybody who's not necessarily the best person, which then gives ammunition to the people against women at the top because they can say, look, 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 no good, no good. Um, and so targets seem to be much better because it's encouragement, it's cooperation. But then if you get companies that ignore the targets totally and do absolutely nothing, you know, it's so difficult to decide which is the best way forward so well, I, I, I think not being in a situation where either one is a factor I haven't really uh, looked at it I yeah. see the arguments on both sides yeah. but there are organizations certainly in Canada and in the United States that promote women yes and highlight yeah. women yeah. And encourage women to get onto boards. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, there's a lot of education that's out there that, yes. that you can take to, to learn how to be a board member. Yeah. And understand what governance is yes. and what your role as a board member is. But there are also... Um, uh, not-for-profit organizations that encourage women yeah. and, and other diverse um, candidates. Yeah. And they work with them and talk to them about how to get on a board, yeah. how to pick a board that looks like it could work for you. Yes. And, and there's a lot of encouragement. And by becoming more active in these organizations, then you're getting experience, you're networking, yeah. 
and paths open. Yes. Yeah. I think that's yeah, that's a really good and, way. And so, and then these organizations, after they've been around a while, begin to align themselves with big accounting firms. Yeah. Right? And with uh, big law firms. Yeah. And with the uh, diversity groups in these banks we talked about earlier. And so when, you know, a client of a big accounting firm uh, learns that the client, that, that the client needs a, another director, they may go to their accounting firm yeah. and their law firm and say, can you recommend somebody? Yeah. It's a, right? It's an, inf of course, you can always go to a headhunter, right? Yes. But, but this is an informal way to expand the pool of available candidates. Yes. And the lawyers and the accountants are not going to recommend somebody um, that puts, that turns out not to be good because yes. it looks bad on them. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so, um, expanding the network like that is is helping whether it's for a quota or for a target yeah yeah right? so <laughs> exactly. so are there good women out there of course yeah. yeah you just need to get your name at the top of the list yeah and that's the challenge yes yeah right right i know um obviously you've got a lot of experience on boards but uh, many people have the idea of boards and they don't really know the ins and outs. And there are several different types of board positions available and some are more suited to certain backgrounds and experience than others, I imagine. So what are the different positions that people can aim for? How do they work? How do they interact? Can you so throw some more light on that? So speaking generally, mm -hmm. right, um, there, are, there are different types of companies. Mm -hmm. So there are for-profit companies that are private. Yep. And there are for-profit companies that are publicly traded. Mm -hmm. So publicly traded companies have to meet the requirements of their uh, securities, of their securities commissions. Yeah. in addition to, to the incorporating laws. And I would say every securities commission and the securities laws requires there be an audit committee. Yes. So an audit committee is the committee of the board that looks at the financial statements, the budgets, often risk management. Yeah. Um, and so what kind of skills do you need for that? You need to have financial acumen. You need to have experience in the financial um, world, be it in a similar industry or an industry where the issues are the same so that you can transfer in. Yep. So, so the women who have um, expertise in the financial accounting side of public companies are in high demand. Yep. or board positions on other companies. Yep. Um, so that's one area. So somebody who has been a chief financial officer in company A 
yeah. is a really good candidate to be on the board of company B yeah. and serve on the audit committee and maybe even the audit committee chair yeah. after a while. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then, then um, so, and many private companies will have an audit committee. And so the skill is the same. Yeah. And there's always a governance committee. So a governance committee is the committee that helps management oversee the governance structure of the, of the board and the company, the mandates for the chart for the various committees of the board, code of ethics, um, uh, business conduct policies, yep. not so much the HR policies, that mm -hmm. would be a lower level, but the global policies, um, anti-slavery and anti-children yep. uh, policies, which are a big thing in the United Kingdom and are spreading elsewhere. Yep. So somebody with a background like that, and, and that often is a legal background. Yes. But it doesn't have to be. It could be somebody who has spent time in compliance yep. or, go or governance in a company. Yep. Could transition. And then business acumen. Have you had experience in this business? What are your strategic skill sets? What's your leadership quality? So that's why many people think a CEO of company A would be a good candidate on for a board of company B. Right. Because you can transition yep. your your overall HR skills, financial skills, yep. uh, your mergers and acquisition skills, all the skills that, that are required to be a chief operating officer or a chief executive officer fit really well on the board of a company. Yep. Even if the industry is not the same, because you need to you need to make sure there are no conflicts of interest. Yes. So, so, so that would work on a private company that wants a board of yeah. independent directors, also on a, uh, a for-profit publicly traded company. Yeah. But then there are also not-for-profit organizations that look for independent directors. Yeah. And so all the skills we talked about are useful yes. to people on a not-for-profit. But in addition, they want fundraisers. Ah, okay. They, yeah. You know, a not-for-profit board always wants somebody who has, has um, a deep pocket, obviously, so they can contribute, yeah. but knows how to fundraise and yeah. has a network yes. of high net worth people. Yep. That you can phone them up and say, the hospital that I'm on the board of wants to build a new wing. Yeah. Can I count on you yeah. for $20,000? Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. So in addition to everything else that we talked about, not-for-profit boards have that element. Yeah. As well, uh, not-for-profit boards may want guidance on volunteer organizationing. Yeah. So do they, ha can your new board director 
bring some expertise or practical hints yep. on how do you coalesce volunteers to work for the organization. Yeah. But at, at the bottom, you cannot, my view is, you cannot go and join a board of a not-for-profit if you do not believe in its raison d'etre. Yes. So if you, if you are in favor of animal cruelty, you cannot go join a board that is anti-animal cruelty. Yes. Yep. Right? Yep. So, 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 so that's another area. Yeah. Um, it's got to include your values. Precisely. Yep. Precisely. Yep. And then, so, so we talked about for-profit, public, for-profit, private, not-for-profit. And I don't know about many other countries, but certainly in Canada, we have crown corporations yeah. and government agencies yep. where they look where they look for um, independent directors. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're not paid, sometimes just your expenses are paid. Yeah. And again, depending, they may look just for people who live in the area. Yep. Of where of the of the subject matter for which the, that agency is responsible. Yep. Or it could be across Canada and therefore it doesn't matter. And they want people who have knowledge of the issues facing that organization. Okay. So yes. if it's, uh, I, let me make something up. Uh, let's say it's uh, a power generation agency. Yep. Okay. And it's only relevant to the province of Ontario. Yep. So they may not want directors outside the province. Yes. Yep. Or they may, if they do business, if they sell their power to the United States, then they may want Americans on yep. the board. And, and do you want people who have run power generating units previously? Or do you, do you just want people who have used power in commercial settings? Yeah. So it, it's a multitude of skills that we're yep. being looked at. And then you have the other element of, are you a member of the political party that's oh, in government yes. at the yeah. time? Yeah. So for some organizations, that's relevant. For others, it's not relevant. Yeah. So I think that's a long way to go to talk about four categories <laughs> of companies, of which but, there are more, right? Yeah. But, but yeah. I think... You yeah, know, that's the the general idea of what the 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 different positions are and what they can look right. for. It's very interesting. Um, it's obvious when you think about it that transferring skills from one to another, particularly from company A to company B, can be interesting because the different policy, the different strategies in one company can be right. new to another one, so it can give a different vision as well as all the experience. Um, That's right. Yeah. And particularly if one was global, yep. even with the head office, yep. it's global, but, and, and you come from one that's not global, yes. right? Yep. So, so there are, or the, or vice versa. Yes. Yeah. 
it can yeah. give you a totally different vision and so when you get to the boardroom as a woman um do you think oh, sorry that women have a different view or act differently on boardroom issues to men because I've heard it said by some people that women are more risk averse than men. So in the boardroom, they bring additional stability and a different strategic vision to men. And that can be favorably viewed by shareholders because they see that their investment is more stable. Um, do you think this is true or do you think women bring other more important attributes to the board? Okay, well. That's a double-barreled question. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I, I don't know yeah. if women at high levels of business are more risk-averse than men. Yeah. And, and you, you raised this question with me a few weeks ago, yeah. and I started to look into it, and I, I still don't have an answer. Yeah based on yes. because when people do studies they look at uh, small groups yes they 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 how did they phrase the question exactly would you buy, would you buy this lottery ticket if this was the chance you would win it or would you buy that lottery ticket if this yeah. chance was different so i'm having trouble with that yeah. Also, I found studies that show that in the gender categories, there is a wide range yep. of male risk adversity and yep. female risk adversity, adversity rather. So I don't know. I don't yep. know. And of course, what do women bring to the board? They bring a different way of looking at life. Yeah. So, so they're constantly. They manage their behavior differently. Yes. They, they're very well prepared. They know the issues. Um, they have an intuitive sense about other people. Yeah. And, and, and for that reason, I think women are very good on the board. Yeah. I have been to board meetings where men have fallen asleep. Oh, really? So, so, you know, I've never seen a woman fall asleep. Perhaps <laughs> that's a good sign. Right? But, but I know the women I know on boards become overprepared. Yeah. Not only for themselves, but because they know they're a trailblazer. Yes. And they don't want somebody to say she's not pulling her weight. Yes. Um, and, and I think when women go to vote for or against a project, I, I think they look at it globally. Yes. And so you may be advising against opening up a business in China because you're Canadian and you know your guys may be kidnapped. Yep. Or whereas you could be in favor of opening a business in India, even though it's so far away and yep. there's COVID there. So I think it 
it depends. Yes, there, there's a whole I, lot that goes I, into it. Right. I, I don't know the answer if women are really more risk averse. Yeah, yeah. I know it's it's interesting. I mean, I've heard that and I've read that in articles, and I've thought because I know quite a few women. CEOs or women, you know, leaders on the board, things like that. And some of the ones, particularly the women CEOs, they haven't got to where they are by being risk averse. So, and, 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 and you know, I've been talking about this point yeah. with some of, with some women I know, those in, in my age group, and also two women in particular in their uh, late 40s. Yeah one of whom said to me, I do not subscribe to the fact that women are more risk averse. Yeah. I take risks yeah. at work. And occasionally, I fail. Yeah. But then when I do well, I yeah. do well. Yes. Yeah. So and so she's late, say she's 50. Yeah, right. So she sees herself as perhaps moving up. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. So, and, and yeah, and some some of the women that are really well known for getting to the top, they're not sort of shrinking violets that are just oh well, we need to be careful. We need to be careful. They're like go for it. You know, they're right in there, and so. That's why I wanted to ask you, because I've heard it, but I can see from one point of view, people could think that because they think of the maternal image of women and protecting and, you know, looking after kids, but the mentality of protecting what's around them um, and trying to make it safer. But from some of the women I know, they are more warrior-like than a lot of the men I know. So... I think it's it's an interesting theory. <laughs> well, and, and another study I read talks about um, women take risks in going for the policies yep. that they believe in. Yes. And fighting for um, the advancement of yep. people. Yep. And so those are risk-taking activities yes so it, i think it's an open question and it yeah. probably depends on where in your life cycle yeah. you are yes yeah it depends right. on so much right <laughs> so um i know you talked earlier about some of the organizations that help women when they're looking to get on a board and you know train them mentor them things like that so that's obviously one of the routes that women can take to gain a seat on the board. Are there other routes? Um, and when they are, is there anything that they can do to really have an active, you know, a positive and a really beneficial influence? That's two okay. questions in one, really. Sorry. Right. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about other ways besides yep. the organizations. Well, one way is to have, let's call it director education. Yep. And 
networking with the people in your group yep. and networking with other alumni. Yep. And that can be very successful. The other thing is to, to know what value do you bring to a board? And why should, why should you be asked to serve on a board mm-hmm. instead of somebody else? Yep. And why, so you need to understand all that so mm-hmm. that you can give your pitch. Yes. And, and then once you have your pitch, what kind of companies would benefit from, from those skill sets? Yep. And so when you find them, those companies, and you decide, okay, company X, Y, and Z would be great for me. I really like what they do. I really like to be on the board. I can add value yeah. in this area. You then thought, try to find a connection to yep. get there. So you can look on the board because it's all public yep. on public companies. And you can see who's on the board. You may be going and looking at government filings, see who was previously on the board. Yep. Do you know anyone? Do you know somebody who knows them? Can you utilize your own networking sources? Because there was a company that I thought I would be terrific on the board. And I didn't know how to get there. So I, um, I contacted one of the board members on Magellan Aerospace. And I said to him, you know, everybody knows you. And I think I could be really an asset on this particular company. Yeah. Do you know any of these people on the board? Yeah. And he said no. And I said, do you mind if I use your name and contact the chairman? Yeah. And he said, by all means. Right? Because his name was well known. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I did that. I I sent an email to the chairman of the board saying, Mr. So-and-so suggested I contact you directly rather than him calling you to introduce me. Yeah. I, uh, you know, this is my little blurb, and I'm really interested in a position on your board. Chairman called me. Yeah. And we talked. And at the time, they were going through a a big a search for a CEO. Yep. And they weren't expanding the board. So it didn't work out. But that's an example yeah. of, of creative yep. networking. Yep. Right? The chairman yep. could have ignored my email. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So that's really positive that you got the the reaction because you approached in the right way to get the reaction. But, exactly. So um so so there's that that's how you go about it. Yeah. Um, and then you sign up with every headhunter agency you can think of. <laughs> and you send them your little blurb, right? Yeah. And what kind of 
positions you're interested in. Yeah. And, and if you know somebody that they have recently placed, then you can call that person and say, may I use your name? Yes. And, and you could say, Mary Smith, whom you just put, you know, placed with manufacturing corporation suggested I contact you. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, there's an exchange for that more or less. Yeah. Um, But the one thing I I would say is start young. Oh, really? Don't wait till you're 60 or 65. Yeah. You think at 45, you have skills that a board could use. Yep. Cybersecurity, finance, governance, yep. international business, whatever it happens to be, that's the time to start these programs. Yeah. Yep. Right? And, you know, if you have another way is if you have um, corporate affiliations like the Canadian Manufacturers Association or the Chamber of Commerce, Um, or if you're in accounting or legal, there must be organizations. Join them. Volunteer to be on committees. A girlfriend of mine runs a committee for one of the director's organizations. She asked another friend of ours who's an expert in governance for not-for-profit corporations to give a little talk. Yeah. So girlfriend, too, gave the talk. She has gotten new business from giving that talk. Yeah. Right? She wasn't paid for the first talk. Yeah. But she'll be paid for the business. Yes. Right? So, So if you can start getting active, young yes then then your name is out there your successes are out there people will see how you progress in your career and diversity also includes the age range yes right so the old people on the board have to turn over yes (laughs) right and, yeah. and so sometimes it's nice to be able to bring the average age of the board down. Yep. And yep. bringing somebody on who's 49 is better than bringing somebody on who's 50. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so I would say start young. Yeah. And, of course, when I was that age, there weren't, there weren't these organizations. There yes. weren't these... There were, I knew some women on the boards where I was an employee. And so I was the corporate secretary or a management liaison to the board. And those were different women than women are today. Those women flirted with the men something terrible. Oh, really? (laughs) They were very smart women. Yeah. But they, they didn't know how. Or they didn't think that their expertise would be good enough on its own. Really? God, things have progressed, haven't they? Well, that would be in the 1980s, 1900s, yep. right? Yeah. 
Um, thank goodness things have changed. Yeah. And of course, that was the Me Too era. Yes. I mean, yep. the, the men got caught <laughs> and nobody reported it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that anything untoward happened. Just that the behavior in the boardroom has shifted. Yes. The behavior in the boardroom now with women and men is very professional. Yep. Yep. And it's very much equals meeting equals from a, a power and expertise point of view, um, rather than one being slightly more retiring because it was considered women should be less in your face at that time. So, yeah, and women well, can now to get in your face was, you know, to shimmy yep. a little. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. So, but, but I've noticed that change. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a change for the better, that one. <laughs> yes. So yes. Um, how do you see the future of women's careers and the impact that they can have over the next decade, for example? Because there's been a lot of progress over the last decade. Do you think it will follow a similar route? or? I think it will follow a similar route mm -hmm. with one caveat. And the caveat is enough with women. Now we need more diversity. Yeah. So, so yes, we'll have the women will still make strides, but the diversity will include uh, race, background, yeah. disabled, yeah. Um, or or special needs. Yeah. Um, so I. And, and all that's good. And, of course, yes. in Canada, we have our First Nations people yes. who um, are, are ready. There's so many qualified, exciting First Nations people that are just there, ready to step in and, yeah. and show the world what great leaders they are. Yes. So, so I think diversity, um, diversity in gender... And of course, diversity in gender includes LGBTQ plus, yep. right? Yep. Uh, diversity in age. Yes. Diversity in background. Yeah. Right? Because somebody with a, you know, one area of expertise can talk to somebody with a different area of expertise yep. and become and ask questions that result in innovation. Yes. So, Yep. So, so I think the, the job facing everybody today, whether it's at board level or it's at the corporate level, is how, how do we become more diverse and inclusive yes. so that everybody's voice, everybody's experience yep. matters? Yep. You have to learn to listen to each other. Yep. And, and so uh, I think they started with women, and they, yeah. they made gains, and they learned. Yeah. And so now it's, they'll reach out and, and learn more. Yes. Yeah. I think that's great. And also, with all the different types of diversity, I also think diversity in educational background, because I know in some countries, because I've lived in several countries, in some of them, 
they've got a real focus, as well as all the other issues, they've got a real focus on, have you got a master's? What business school did you go to? How, you know, all of that, what other school? I mean, in the UK, it's more, did you go to Eton or Stowe or Millfield or something like that? Or did you go to Oxford or Cambridge um, or LSE? In France, did you go to HSA, which is a really big business school, or ENA or, you know, the Polytechnique or something like that? And there's the impression that you need that to get to the top, whereas I think people who have <clears throat> done their education to 18 or something and then gone out and got a job, I think they should have an equal opportunity because it doesn't mean they are less able because they've chosen not to go to university or not to go to business school. And in fact, it can have an advantage because they've got an open mind. They haven't been channeled into a certain direction. So this is one of my sort of rants. I get very frustrated when people say, oh, but they haven't been to business school or oh, but they haven't done this. Because I think you need everybody's view to be able to really progress and have new ideas and more creativity. So, and, and that's a very good point, right? Because did you go to what they call in the United States an Ivy League school? Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, we don't use that term in Canada, but there certainly is a hierarchy yes. of, uni of universities. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and, and that's, that's very interesting because you see at the university level, they're bringing in students on the, the governor's boards yep. at the universities. And some of the, uh, those uh, government uh, agencies or crown corporations that I talked about earlier want lay people yes. on boards. Yeah. So they want people on their boards who just happen to live in the community yeah. as opposed to being a doctor who lives in the community. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I think that diversity that way it is, is beneficial, yeah. particularly in, for instance, a retail company. Yes. Right? Because you, you want the use of, well, I don't know, but you would expect that the users of the products yep. have a different approach. Yes, exactly. And, and can express their needs. Yep. Or or on an airline company. Yep. Right? Yep. So I think I think there are many opportunities yes. for people to to um, showcase yep. their skills. Yeah. And, and and one other way to get onto to boards of companies is when you leave politics. Yes. Right? Because you have a huge network. Yep. You've been in a stressful environment, particularly <laughs> if you were cabinet member. Yeah. Right? And and um, so that's another uh, background. Yep. Ex-government ministers. <laughs> well, precisely. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're great. Uh, or, or being just a member of parliament. Yes. At the provincial or the federal level or yep. in the United States, you know, state or, or yep. uh, in Washington. Yep. 
because you learn, I'm sure, a whole lot of skills, and yep. you learn a whole lot about people, and you probably become a subject matter expert yes. in certain things. Yeah. Right? But, and, and you and subtle, subtle lobbying. Yes. And channeling um, the right feeling and the right image, because when you're in the public eye, you have to always present the best image well 99% of the time not always but you try well, to you should. You yeah should. exactly <laughs> okay so that's really been very very interesting can I ask you any final piece of wisdom or key strategy that we should keep in mind to help us going forward it's my killer question at the end <laughs> okay so start early yeah think big and share what you know. Very so, good. So offer your skills to somebody coming up the ranks. Yeah. And and make referrals. Yeah. So and and but always make sure your integrity is intact. Very good. Very good. Thank you very much, Beth. It's been such a pleasure. And I've learned so much more about you know, the whole way of boards and what they do, how to get there. It's very, very helpful information and very interesting. So thank you so much for coming back on the show. Well, thank I, you for reaching out to me. It's well, been a real honor to be here. Good. Oh, it's great. Well, I hope you'll come on again. We'll have to find another interesting topic and you can yes. come on again. Okay, you, love to. So, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and for watching and listening to us. Um, it's been a pleasure to have Beth Bandler on the show. I'm Anna Letitia Cook, and you've been listening to Women Up Radio and TV. See you again next week. Bye. Bye.